Ladies and gentlemen, is proud to present Mind More, the transformational podcast show that is sure to get you up on your feet and moving. Sure to start to get you to think differently about your life and where you've been. Jesse Lee here. Thanks for joining me on Mind More. We got a great show for you. Just sit back, make sure you got your refreshments, have a pen and a paper handy in case I say something that rings true. Sit tight. Hello everybody, Jesse Lee here. Before we begin today's show, I want to start by putting a disclaimer in that I am in no way licensed or a medical practitioner. I am giving you suggestions today in the show that I have personally used and developed for my own self that have worked for me as well as a couple of other people in my life. However, I am not advising you if you take medication to get off of your medication without the supervision of a doctor. So please make sure to continue to see your doctor. Um, You may use these suggestions as supplemental tools with the program you're already working. On to today's episode. Hey everyone, Jesse Lee here, and we are going to be talking about panic attacks today, anxiety disorders, uh, to be a little bit more on a broader level, affect a good portion of our population here in America, and a lot of people are on medication for it. I know that I was, and I know that a lot of people, including myself, never experienced the positive effects that we were taught to hope for when the doctor prescribed it. Um, I remember one particular medication's name, Paxil. It caused me to have an irritability added to the way that I am when I'm having a panic attack. And it didn't help take away panic attacks at all. I still suffered them, except now I was made very indecisive about whether or not I wanted help, whether or not I needed to go to the hospital. I, I, I really couldn't even accept help because of the disorder that Paxil actually caused in my mind and my emotions. So... Um, I remember another medication, I don't remember its name, but I remember that it made me feel like I was on speed and made my heart race all the time, whether or not I was having a panic attack. And if I suffered that, I'm pretty certain other people have suffered stuff like that or worse with their medications, uh, that they were told are supposed to help them with their anxiety or their panic attack problems and it doesn't and so I want to make this episode to help them because I have found a way out and I believe that it can help other people too and so that's what this episode is so the first 
time I've ever experienced a panic attack, I was somewhere around the ballpark age of 21. And I had just gone through one of the worst breakups, I think, even now, at 40 years of age, was probably one of my worst breakups ever. Because there were children involved, not my own flesh and blood, um, but the person I was with had four children, and I was very attached to those children, just as hardcore as I was attached to my partner. And I really bonded with them, felt that they were my own, had that maternal protective instinct for them. And really, it that part was the most difficult part for me to handle at 21 years old. I was not ready, nor was I willing to experience such a deep-rooted loss. I understand for people that are dealing with custody issues... Or maybe even have lost a child to death. What it feels like to have children ripped away from you and never to be able to hear from them again. Never be able to see them again. Not know anything. And um, I couldn't deal with it. And I shut down just like I did every other point in my life when I dealt with those things. I dealt with them by not dealing with them, by pushing them down and turning off. So at that breakup, I called up a former foster parent of mine. Her name is Donna. She continued on as my friend after I moved away from her home when I was younger and into a new foster home. Called her up. She lived in Tennessee. I was living in Chicago, Illinois. And I had heard so much about where she was, I thought it was the perfect place for healing. So she provided me with a plane ticket, and I went out there. And as I went out there, um, I had on all my breakup music, and I was crying like a little baby on the plane. And I was, I, I was torn up, and I was trying not to let these strangers see me do this. I didn't know what else to do. And I ended up getting picked up by my foster mom. Former foster mom. It's hard to say former. Anyway, she picked me up and brought me there. And she had her house divided up where the upstairs was its main section, the main house, where there's a kitchen, there's a couple of bedrooms, there's uh, two main bathrooms, one main bathroom upstairs, and her private bathroom and her own bedroom. And then downstairs, um, oh, and it also had a living room and a foyer. It looked like a museum. Downstairs was a basement apartment setup, and so it looked like a little, uh, house, tiny house downstairs where you had a living room, you had a dining area, you had the kitchenette, you had um, a bedroom that was big enough to fit two beds, and you had another bedroom, a guest bedroom, so you could have a guest over downstairs, two guests, three guests, it was big, and it had a bathroom, well, I was like, yes, I am going to be able to just get away. This is like vacation. So, as that's going on, 
I spend the first three days there doing the same thing I did on the plane. Crying and blubbering. For three days, I was on the floor, crumpled over. And I couldn't take it anymore. I really couldn't take it. And so, I decided it was time to shut down. Avoid letting myself feel these things. I snapped out of it, got a job. I was waitressing. Never did that before. But I was willing to learn. And then I decided it was time for me to get my GED since I had dropped out of high school. And I started acting probably the most responsibly that I had ever acted since before those children came into my life. All the while, I think I was running the background program. What if I can get my partner back? What if those children can come back in my life? It never happened. But at least I got that done. GED is out of the way. But that didn't stop that monster from festering. And the pain that I ignored decided to find its way out one night when I decided it was time for me to have a relaxation night. Give myself a weekend, so to speak. And when I did that, is when I experienced my first panic attack. I was feeling good. I had accomplished a lot that day, that week even. I had come to realize that I wasn't as far behind in my knowledge for exiting high school as I had thought. I was doing really well in my GED classes. I was also picking up pretty quickly on the new waitressing job. I was making a good amount of money. And I decided it was time to watch a movie, pig out on junk food. That's when it hit me. I couldn't breathe. My heart was racing. My eyesight was going in and out. I couldn't focus on the television. I started seeing prickly stars. A dimming. Like vignette on photography. It sucked. Big time. I thought I was going to die. I crawled up the stairs that led to the main part of the house where Donna was sleeping. I went into her bedroom and I woke her up. I took her hand, because I knew she wasn't awake, and I put her hand on my chest where my heart is, and she felt how fast it was racing. Her eyes snapped open. She got up really quick. She told me to get my jacket on and go wait in the car. 
She had her nightgown on. She put her house coat on over her nightgown, put her coat over that, slipped on the slippers, grabbed her keys, and ran out. You know how I know that? Because she forgot her purse. We drove down to the hospital, which, by the way, was a ways. Living out there in Tennessee is like living in the country. It really is. You are living in the country. She lived on a golf course resort-style thing that had its own zip code. And was considered in and of itself like its own town inside of a town that already existed. And we had to drive to the next town to get to the hospital. My heart was racing this whole time. And I was hanging on to the door and hanging on to the seatbelt, white knuckling, because it was so uncomfortable. And my head was spinning so badly. We finally got to the hospital. It was about a 40 minute drive. We got into the waiting room and in a little bit, just a few minutes, they saw me in the room. They gave me a urine test. They gave me a blood test. They hooked me up to an EKG monitor. By the time they hooked me up to the EKG monitor, my heartbeat went back to normal. They couldn't find a single sign as to what was wrong with me. Except I had had one puff of marijuana earlier in that day. They told me I had a THC overdose. Anyway, we got back and that was my first panic attack and it started a roll of panic attacks that would come. In the next segment, I'm going to share with you what I first discovered about panic attacks in my body out of just not being able to take it anymore. It had disrupted my life to the point that I had lost jobs. I was on the verge of losing another job. Um, and I really felt like my sanity was being ripped away from me. Because I started having unnatural, unhealthy fears of death looming around my every corner, every place I turned. Anytime that my heart rate decided it wanted to go up. I was even afraid to exercise because I was afraid of my heart rate going up and starting one. Even showers, hot showers set off my panic attacks. And it, it's interesting to remember that and tell you guys this because I don't experience it anymore because of what I'm going to share with you in the next segment and I hope that what I'm about to share with you will definitely help you um, I'm going to share two different ways that I deal 
with anxiety. Yes, I still have anxiety, but it doesn't unfold into panic attacks anymore. Um, but how I deal with anxiety, as well as full-blown panic attacks, I'm going to share two ways. One I call an extroverted way, and the other I call it more of an introverted way. And the the, the second one, the introverted way, um, is breath work, but it's a very short breath work. And the extroverted way is more focused on utilizing your adrenaline in the moment and working off the adrenaline. So whichever is the easiest technique for you, you can choose to do. And if you do it over time and you're consistent with it, eventually you can end panic attacks for good. So... Not only will it get rid of the panic attack in the moment, but eventually you can end them. And that's where I'm at right now. I've been panic attack free for five years. And it took about a couple of years to actually work it through and create new pathways for my mind and how it handles emotional trauma and how it handles its issues with abandonment and even fear issues regarding reaching out and stepping to do something new. Like for me, this podcast. Um, enjoy. The technique segment is on its way. Please stay tuned for a sample of one of my newest tracks. The track name I will mention at the end. Here is your featured sample of my latest track, My Game Changer. Feeling all alone, doing double work is a word that I can't handle, just can't do it, and I'm finding out. All out of excuses, yet still thinking that maybe eventually I will tie up all these loose ends and finally give rest to these weary hands. But as it stands, I begin to find, as soon as one is tied, the loose ends are multiplied in every direction, and there is no satisfaction, only exasperation, wrestling with my respiration, and a total retaliation is relentless upon my soul, cause I moved away from the gravitational pull of an original goal, and the reason for my hesitation, I've fallen into If you have enjoyed this track, old, but don't forget to email me. A-C-E-O-F-C-H-R-I-S-T at gmail.com to get your free full digital copy of this track. My game. He played a crazy game on the shovel and the Pharisees and since Christ came, we don't have to be. Step number one. Remind yourself out loud. You are not in danger. That you're fine. You're just having a conversation with your boss. You're just at home making dinner. You're just watching the football game. Things are good. And then the thing to do in that moment is physically prove to your mind and to your body 
that things are okay. Do something in the moment that you wouldn't ever think to do if you were in danger and it was a life or death situation. Example, for me, I love to sing. And I, as a normal human being on my own, will sing at the top of my lungs walking down the street in a public situation without thinking twice. Not everyone will do that. Some people would be embarrassed to do that. I get it. But singing at the top of your lungs is a low to medium impact activity. What do you enjoy doing that is positive for you, productive in some way, that is low to medium impact activity, that will not increase your heart rate more than it is, but help create and maintain steady pace and rhythm that you can then choose to bring back down? Do you like to power walk and listen to your favorite music that's uplifting? Do that. If you're cooking dinner in the middle of this panic attack, turn off your stove. If there's no one around to watch dinner for you, it's okay. Dinner will be there when you get back to be finished. Go take that quick walk. Don't run. A jog is good. Don't run. You don't want to increase the heart rate more. You want to maintain, then bring it down. This is an extroverted method. It helps to release the energy of the adrenaline that has already been created, especially if you are in the middle of something that is a full-blown panic attack. Um, and you're at home. It's a perfect thing to do every time. Because a lot of the times we are hit with our biggest anxieties in our home life. Now, if it happens to you in public, this is where, this, this is where method number two is best suited. Um, no matter what that situation is in public, whether you're at a restaurant or you're at work, you're at the movie theater, it doesn't matter. This second method will be good for any of those situations. And if you individually enjoy breath work more than activity, uh, then this one is going to work for you maybe better. This is a breath work method, and you, again, remind yourself out loud, close your eyes, Remind yourself out loud that you are not in danger in the calmest voice tone that you can do. I am not in danger. I am okay. Now, between those words, I want you to make your breathing shallow and slow. When you're done speaking those words, Release all of your breath. (sighs) 
Hold it for 10 seconds with no breath. Now, you will breathe back in for five second count. You will breathe back out for a five second count. Now, bring your breathing back to normal. Make a sigh. Open your eyes. This is a 20-second breath work meditation. While you are doing your breath work, you are also reminding yourself internally of the words you spoke out loud before you began your breath work. That is your meditative focus while you're doing the 20-second breath work. Remember, that's 10 seconds for your first breath being drawn out of your body so you have no breath in your lungs whatsoever. And then a 5-second in-draw and a 5-second out-draw and bring yourself into a sigh. This will recalibrate your heart rhythm. It will recalibrate your breathing rhythm. It will cut off the flow of oxygen in your bloodstream, which slows your heart down. It also disconnects the ability for your body to create the signal to the brain saying it needs adrenaline, and it disconnects the brain's ability to send adrenaline. All in a 20-second moment. So, I hope that you have enjoyed this segment of the techniques that I have personally developed in my life once I figured out what was biologically happening to me. Um, I am proud to say it's five years, no panic attacks. I want to remind you, if I haven't said that in the previous segment, uh, it's five years, no panic attacks. Um, it took about two years to bring myself into a new mental pattern to reverse that issue. But two years to reverse it and not experience it anymore is amazing, guys. So it's worth the effort to do it consistently. And it's good to do this breathwork technique throughout the day as a practice Generally, anytime you go to the bathroom, do it when you're going to the bathroom. It's a good bathroom practice. And we go to the bathroom a lot of the times, you know, I mean, what is it? We spend a third of our life in the bathroom. So start spending a third of your life using this technique, this breath work, and this reminder to yourself that you're not in danger and all things are good. And you will increase your longevity in life, I guarantee it. You will make yourself feel younger. You will feel more positive about what is in your day, even if at first glance it looks negative. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. This has been Mind Morph with Jesse Lee. 
Thank you very much for listening to Mind Morph this evening. And um, I would like to say a special thank you to Daniel Friedman for becoming a monthly supporter to Mind Morph uh, this month. And I have a special thank you package that I'm putting together for you. So be looking in your email inbox, I would say, about Monday morning. And um, if anybody else would like to become a monthly supporter and see this podcast continue, you can do so at anchor.fm backslash Jesse Lee. That's J-E-S-S-I-E-L-E-E. And you can put in a pledge amount of your choosing. And uh, in future episodes, I will be uh, unrolling certain perks that I will be giving as thank you gifts for uh, different levels of donations that I receive monthly. So be on the lookout for those updates in the future episodes. Um, Again, thank you so much, Daniel, for your support. And uh, that's going to definitely help continue me forward. Thank you all for listening, and I look forward to seeing you at Next Mind Morph.